Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, "What the f are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, my name is Ian Lee. I'm a radio host, currently hosting a, a, a five nights a week show on talk radio. Um, some of you may remember me from I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. I was the guy that stole... Um, some strawberries with the uh, boxer Amir Khan. Um, but the show that started my career started 22 years ago, 1998, uh, and it was called The 11 O'Clock Show. And it was, I think it's fair to say, it was groundbreaking. It was rude. It was obnoxious. It was loud. It started the careers of Ricky Gervais, Sasha Baron Cohen, uh, Mackenzie Crook, Jimmy Carr. All of these people worked at some point on that show. Um, I was the host. I hosted um, it along with Daisy Donovan. And I never quite achieved the levels of success that maybe everyone else did. But I'm so grateful for that show because I wouldn't be working now. Um, I haven't watched any of those shows since they went out. I have a lot of them on VHS. Not all of them. Um, And... Someone uploaded them for me to YouTube and I thought it would be nice every Sunday night, 8 o'clock on Twitch, twitch.tv slash Ian Lee to watch an episode of the 11 o'clock show and give kind of uh, director's commentary um, of it. So I did. Didn't know if anyone would come and watch, didn't know if anyone would be interested, um, but hundreds of people came and it's really starting to take shape. So... This podcast will be a weekly podcast taking the audio from those live streams and playing them out to you. The first couple of episodes, maybe I've not quite got the balance right because I wasn't thinking about a podcast. But by episode three, um, I knew that people might be listening. So it gets a little bit more, there's a little bit more visual description for you, dear listener. Um so you might want to skip ahead a couple of episodes. Um, if you want to join us live on a Sunday night, you can for free. Twitch.tv slash Ian Lee. If you enjoy this podcast and you want to contribute to it uh, financially to keep it going, then you can. You can make a donation to paypal.me slash Ian Lee. Paypal.me slash I-A-I-N-L-E-E. If you're interested in any live shows I'm doing, ianlee.com slash event. Right, that's enough business. I'm going to shut up. This first one is a little bit clunky, but I really hope you enjoy it. Um, This is me, Ian Lee, watching the very first episode of the 11 o'clock show from 1998. 
So I've got a bit of a headache. I'm really nervous about doing this. So this is the 11 o'clock show. This is series one, which only ran for two weeks. It's like a pilot series. Most of you won't remember this. Um, and thank you to Mark, who um, I sent him all the tapes that I had of the 11 o'clock show. And Mark converted them and put them up online, right? Uh, and most of the tapes of the episodes, my mum taped. Uh, my mum taped. So she would. She was a big fan, and she would. She would tape almost every single episode. And there are a few episodes missing. Hey, Jobby, thank you for the subscription. Nice one, man. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So this was the first TV show that I ever did, really, really. And um, I was skint. And I've been, I was living at my mum's, I was 24 when I started auditioning for it. And thank you, Steve, for the subscription, appreciate it. And um, uh, what was I doing? I was doing, I'll tell you what I was doing. I was doing a little bit of stand-up, but I wasn't very good at stand-up. I didn't want to be a stand-up comedian. It was a means to an end. People became stand-ups in the mid-90s because they wanted their own chat show or they wanted to be in a sitcom. Um, and then I started working, I had a, an agent, uh, I will be careful what I say, but I didn't really like him. I didn't really like him, I didn't think he was very good, he didn't really like me. But he got me a job at a local radio station um, in 1997 called Milton Keynes FM 103 Horizon. And I had to change my name from... Uh, I'd already changed it from Rugby. Ian Rugby is my real name, Ian Lee Rugby. And I changed the Rugby. I didn't change it legally until I was getting married. But I changed the Rugby to Lee because I wasn't getting on with my dad. And also no one could spell Rugby or pronounce it. And so I changed it to Lee because that was my middle name. And um, but then when I was at Horizon, the radio station in Milton Keynes, there was a girl, that woman there called Helen Lee, spelt differently, L-E-G-H, which passed away recently. It's really sad. Same age as me, you know, similar age as me. Um, and uh, our boss there, um, whose name I can't remember, and he messaged me recently, Paul. Paul. Can't remember Paul. Paul. Paul something. Um, Uh, said so you can't have we can't have two Lees, too confusing for people. So we sat in a, an office, and he said you've got to come up with another name. Who's your favourite group? And I didn't want to say the Monkees, so I said the Beatles. He said right, go on, who's your favourite Beatle? I said George. He said no, Ian Harrison doesn't work. Ian Harrison would have been a good name for an accountant. So I said uh, Ringo, Ian Starr, no. And then he went, I've got it, McCartney. So I became. Uh, I became Ian McCartney on FM 103 Horizon. And I didn't really like it. I would have to, I, would, I was living in North London in Kensal Green. I'd have to drive up, uh, or I would get the train up, and it cost me a fortune. I was losing money. I think I was getting paid. I seem to remember the figure of 45, 44 pounds a show. I think I was being paid 44 pounds a show on this radio station it'll make me a little bit bigger I think I was being paid 44 pounds a show 
on this radio station, which wasn't a lot. And I was getting the train up and I'd have to get, because it was so early, I had to get a cab to the train station. So I was losing money. Then I bought my first car. My mum bought my first car for me and it was crock of shit. And of only on £40 a show, exactly working backwards, Pete. It's a reference for um, fans of, of snake oil sellers. Um, and so then my mum bought my first car and it was just a dud and it died on the way up to work the first time I drove it. It just died. It was an awful, awful car. Um, and so I was in McCartney. I was on the breakfast show. And uh, I had to go out in a Jeep called Black Thunder. And during the breakfast show, they go, OK, let's see Trevor and Helen. Uh, Helen say passed away, which is very, very sad because she was absolutely delightful. Um, David says, I thought, would have thought there would be thousands watching this from the I Loved You in the 11 o'clock show, but Brigade. No, no, um, there, there aren't. But I'm going I'm to start a schedule for this. This is just kind of a punt, and I may not want to do any more of these once I've seen it. So uh, so they would be doing the, the crazy breakfast show, and then they'd say, right, let's see where Ian in Black Thunder is right now. And I'd be on some crappy estate somewhere in Milton Keynes, just like doing s silly stunts. Really, the only one I remember is I took a table out and people had to climb around the table without touching the floor. It really hurts your core muscles. And I hated it. I really hated it. And I was really into Chris Morris and the day to day. And I wanted to be this kind of cult, you know, kind of cool thing. And, and I found it really too mainstream for me. I found it uh, too mainstream. And so after six months, I made the bold move of quitting. Same, this ain't for me. This isn't for me. I made the bold move of quitting, which is, was, was pretty, uh, pretty thunder. Okay, Mr. Banana, that stuff, we don't have any of that here, I'm afraid. We don't have any of that here. So that gets you blocked. Don't have any of that. Mods, keep an eye out. We don't have any of that nonsense. Oh, no, hang on. I've blocked you, but I've not banned you. No. No, don't have any of that. <clears throat> Bien. Thank you. Right, but so the week I was leaving to nothing, I had nothing to go to except to sign on again. The week I was leaving, uh, a fax came round saying, this is Talkback Productions. We are making a satirical comedy show for Channel 4. We want to audition anybody, comedians, presenters, DJs, uh, news people. We want to audition anyone. And a girl in marketing... Um, like the, the day art before I was going to leave, said, oh, Ian, I don't know if this is any interest to you. And she gave me this fax. The show didn't have a title then. And um, I was like, oh, yeah, this is wicked. So I phoned up my agent. I said, oh, there's this thing. He said, oh, yeah, I've heard about this. I don't think it's right for you. I don't think it's right for you. And I was like, oh, um, okay. Could you not put me up for it? He said, no, 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 no. I'm not going to put you up for this. I don't think you're, I don't think you're quite ready yet. I was never quite ready. 
ready to do his shitty gigs in pubs where I got threatened and for 125 quid, but I wasn't ready for that. I was like, okay. And I spoke to him the next day. I said, I really think this is... Um, really think this is... Actually, no, I don't think you're ready for it. Okay. So I got in touch with them myself and said, yeah, I've just seen your thing. I'd like to come in and have a go, please. And um, I was called in to do an audition and I met a young girl called Helen, Helen Weeks, who was, I think, a runner at the time. And a guy called Andrew Newman, who was a producer, he went on to be like, like the head of Channel 4. He's like really high up in BAFTA now. He's really influential. We fell out because I was an idiot. Um, and I had to prepare like a comedy sort of news report. So I wrote a comedy news report. I can't remember what it was. I think it was about art. There was a story out that there was so much art. There was The, the, the politicians were spending a fortune on... Um, art for like their offices and it was scandalous and I went in my smartest suit I'll say it was my only suit right grey suit that you're going to see a lot of and I thought I looked really smart in it I thought I looked really really smart in it I'll take questions in a bit um but what I didn't realize was the suit was the suit was too big it was like David Byrne in Talking Heads I made that connection later and then I kind of pretended that that was the reason I bought it um it, 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 and people were laughing at the suit and people thought I'd deliberately gone in in a comedy suit um, and I kept I made this little video and Andrew Newman didn't particularly like me he didn't want me and but the producer did a guy called Harry Thompson who's dead now Harry Thompson uh, was an incredible producer he would edit television like it was radio was what I was told and what that means is he did like the first few series of um, have I got new uh, they think it's all over what he would do is he would edit he, he would edit the audio without really looking at the pictures he'd edit it so it sounded funny so it was gag 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 funny 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 and then you go right let's make the pictures match which is kind of weird but is, is kind of genius anyway he took he liked the silly little thing that I'd filmed silly little vox pops and he kept getting me back. And then I was asked to pick a story from my local paper and go and film that. And that we did a film about a stag. It was supposed to be like a really, it's called, they called it micro news. It was supposed to be like a really small story, but we treat it as like a really, really big news story. And so I picked a story about a guy getting tied up naked up against a lamppost on his stag weekend. And we treated it like a really big story. And we went and interviewed like the local council and we interviewed uh, like a vicar and stuff like that. And, um, and I had to edit it. And I'd never edited anything. I never edited anything. And I had to go in with this team and edit it. And Harry Thompson really liked it. And he came and watched it. And i never forget. He came in and watched it. Right, First thing I'd ever edited. And he said, this is great. You will come back and make more funny films for me, won't you? Um, and then there followed a, a really torturous audition process where they they tried everybody. I remember John Holmes. I think John Holmes. No, maybe not John Holmes. Mitch Ben was tried. Mark Thomas was tried out. 
They're all filmed in the basement of Talkback Studios, which is just off Tottenham Court Road. And um, eventually they settled on Brendan Burns and Fred McCauley. And it was a really big deal because they were both getting the same. Even though Brendan was unknown and Fred was very well known or was, you know, established. They were both going to be equal hosts. And it was a really big story that they were both getting paid the same. £7,000 a week each. And I was just going to be the guy in the suit out doing some roving reporting. And then before, like the week before it went on air, they said, we need a third person in the studio and we can't find that third person. Ian, do you want to have a go? I went, yeah. And so we filmed one pilot with me as like the third wheel. They were the main hosts. So I was the weird third guy. And I got the gig. And I wasn't, I was getting paid a thousand pounds for the two weeks, a thousand pound a week. I was signing on. So I was in hog heaven. But the agent who had said I wasn't right for the job had negotiated a really crappy deal. Great when I was just doing the roving reporting, getting £1,000 a week for two weeks and a bit of money over the summer to, to do stuff. But then when I got the job of being the third wheel, he then didn't up. Is any of this? I don't know if any of this is interesting to you. It might be really dull. We'll watch it in a minute. He didn't. We'll watch it in a second. He didn't up the money. So I was still getting £1,000. Everyone was getting £7,000. And then the week after it finished, I was called into an office and I was told um, by the production team, we think you've got a crappy deal. So here's a check, here's a check for £5,000, but don't tell your agent. So let's have a look. I've not watched any of these. I might find this uncomfortable. I apologise in advance. It's going to get a little bit homophobic. There's going to be a lot of fat jokes in there. Might be a little bit racist. And then I remember there's some really horrible stuff about Harold Shipman. Right, some really horrible stuff. Um, is the audio out of sync, or is Mission pulling my plonker? Is the audio out of sync? Thank you, David. Thank you, David. No one else is finding it out of sync. Thank you. We'll have none of that. Thank you, David. Um, From what I remember, the first two weeks, the six episodes we did, Wednesday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, it was never at 11 o'clock. It was always like five, two or five after, were um, slow, really slow. Brendan Burns has trouble reading the auto cue. He's dyslexic. I was also terrified of Brendan Burns. I found him very, very intimidating, scared of him. And I'm totally out of my depth. So I apologise in advance. Gary Glitter! Straight in. This, this theme song, is this more Chiba? This might be more Chiba. This wasn't the theme that they used in the end. Um... Straight in. Sets the tone straight away. He must have. Yeah, 96. 96 he was done for child um, rape images. Is the volume okay? I think this is more Chiba. 
Jeez, this is weird. Can you hear it okay? It doesn't affect you, does it? I can hear it better, right? 11 o'clock show, first ever one. Oh, whoa, whoa! Wednesday the 30th of September. I Well, it used to go out Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. The implication being there, it either went out Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Or the first one's missing. It's Wednesday the 30th of September, it's Channel 4, the time is exactly 10.55 and this is the 11 o'clock show. So there you go, on the air, 10 seconds and already we've screwed up. I'm First episode. First episode. I'm feeling very nervous watching these and uncomfortable. I'm, by the way, I'm going to tell you everything. I'm going to tell you everything. Um, it wasn't live, it was never live. It was never live. It was always pre-recorded. Thank you, Dean. It was never live. We always filmed it around about seven till nine. Then they would rush off and edit it. But this was the big thing. It was, it was written. It was supposedly written and filmed on the same day. Some of the videos were filmed before. Some of the gags were sitting around for quite a while. Fred McCauley, I'm Brennan Burns, and loitering on the sofa is the 11 o'clock show's roaming reporter, Ian Lee. Hello, I'm Ian Lee, and I believe in magic. Now, I, that was my... I genuinely thought that tie, that shirt, that tie wasn't mine. They, they, uh, they gave me that tie. That, that suit was... Uh, I was smoking a lot of weed there, right? Smoking a lot of weed. That, this is before I'd really discovered cocaine. I dabbled. I dabbled. I dabbled. But um, I wasn't head over heels in, in lust with it. Um, but that was the suit that I bought to go to a friend's wedding. And I thought that was a real nice suit. But I looked ridiculous. Ridiculous. That boy, that thick hair. And I was supposed to be like dumb. I... I I was supposed to be kind of, I was never myself on this show, right? They told me how to be. They told me exactly how to be. Look at him. My name's Ian Lee, and I believe in magic. Um, they told me how to be. So in, in the first two weeks, I was like this dumb idiot. And then in the series two, three, and four, I became this arrogant Chris Morris ripoff. Um. Thanks, Ian. This is the day when it was discovered that five million gallons of raw sewage flowed into the River Cray in Kent. Five million gallons? That's shitloads. Boom. <laughs> Boom. Boom. Let's change the title. See what we're going to do is we're going to change the title. Let's see if we get a few more people in. Um, edit. Uh, let's. There we go. 
united by fate. Thank you for the subscription two months in a row. Um, I mean, this is this is was supposed to be a really hard hitting satirical show. This is 1998. Um, here's the funny thing: my girlfriend at the time, Tessa, a really lovely woman, I speak to her very occasionally. We got together New Year's Eve 1998. And like the first week we were together, she picked up my diary and she wrote on the 28th of September, just at random, you will become famous, rich and cool. Just as a joke, before any of this was even talked about, this all happened over the summer. You will become famous, rich and cool on the 28th of September. Two days later. Two days later. It's Brendan, and it's also the day that gibbering Scottish railman Jimmy Knapp made a keynote address to the Labour Party conference and said, <laughs> Sorry, Jimmy, I don't know what key that was or what note. <laughs> Over on the other side right now, it's Newsnight. 45 minutes of serious news, insight and analysis. Well, we can do all that. And what's more, we can do it in 60 seconds. Mm -hmm. As curfews for children come into force... OK, here we go. I mean... Slow, huh? Slow. And a lot of people... Here's the, here's the thing that's going to happen. A lot of you are going to go, oh. 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 Um. Oh. Tom Jode's Ghost. Thank you for the subscription. Thank you. Um, a lot of you are going to go, oh, it's not as funny as I remember. Here's the thing. A lot of it wasn't funny. The Ali G stuff was hilarious. The Ricky Gervais stuff was divisive, but hilarious. But it, a lot of it wasn't very funny. Um, here we go. Well, we can do all that. And what's more, we can do it in 60 seconds. Mm -hmm. As curfews for children come into force, police expect kids to be inside by nine. But with good behaviour, they should get paroled by 13. <laughs> Bosses fear consequences of new 48-hour working week. A CBI spokesman asked, does this mean we have to come in before lunch? <laughs> John Prescott slates privatised rail company's performance. Jimmy Knapp so confident that we renationalised, he's run up his own Jimmy'll Fix It badges. Talking about lanyards, you see. Lanyards. <laughs> and this is it. It's, I mean, it, it, it picks up pace. Season three, series three. It picks up pace series three, I would say. Um, um, exactly. Okay, here we go. The BMA admits that doctors have been covering up the truth about ME for years. Like BSE and CJD, they simply can't remember what the initials stand for. Six tons of cheese stolen from the British Cheese Championship. Police are looking for the two Ronnies to help write the punchline. That's quite a nice gag. That's quite a nice gag. I, I mean, it's a bit lazy and it's kind of, that kind of sums up the 11 o'clock show. Sort of a late, it's sort of a gag, but it's a bit of a lazy gag because it's not really a gag. It's nodding towards a gag that's over there. There's a lot of that going on. Hi, my name is Tom. Tommy Vance. Tommy liked me a lot, right? And I would often, he would, the later series, he would do a kind of a VO of clips at the start of the show. And he would record the VO behind the set. 
And I was often stood behind the set waiting to go out and he would do it behind the set. And he liked me a lot. And I chatted to him a bit. And I never really took advantage of, of, of hanging out with Tommy Vance. Never took advantage. Never said, do you fancy going out for lunch one day? So I can pick your brains. Never once. And that was a mistake. Stories that we used to throw to. Martin Dinofosley meets the Channel 4. Ali G. Voice of Youth. Ali, uh, Channel 4 Voice of Youth. Tommy Vance, let me take you on our... Channel 4 Voice of Youth. He was going to be originally called... Ali G was originally going to be called the Youth Wanker. Youth Wanker. Um, and then they settled on Ali G. And if you look in this series, the clothes get more outrageous as it goes on. Um, Rock and roller coaster trip through time to the stories that we used to throw to. Martin Dinofosley meets the Channel 4 voice of youth. You were with Thatcher in the government? Yes, for a time, until she threw me out. And what was she like? Was she a bitch? <laughs> the first proper laugh of the show. And that was the thing, is that... Um, Ali G was the funniest thing. Ali G was the thing that kept the eleven o'clock show going. If we hadn't have had Ali G, the eleven o'clock show would have would have would have died. And what really hurt, what really hurt, was all the attention was focused on Ali G, who was hilarious. Was hilarious. A lot of the attention was focused on Daisy, who was funny and beautiful, and all the flack was focused on me. And as my role increases and I became the host, I look back now and think, hmm, would my career have been different? I don't think about it now, can't be bothered. But I used to think, would my career have been different if I'd have carried on just doing the Vox Pops in the street, which was an option, which was an option at the time. Just carry on doing that instead of hosting. Would things have been different? Not would I have been as big as Ali G. I don't know. <laughs> There's me laughing. There's me laughing. Just sat there on my own. Not really knowing what to do. The 11 o'clock show, ITV already seemed to be running scared. And an obvious panic measure, as you can see from today's Telegraph, they've spent £1 million on a revamped new look. Unveiled yesterday, ITV now calls itself the People's Channel and has a heart symbol and a logo in. And I quote, caring lowercase initials. <laughs> So the key words are people's heart and caring. That reminds me of someone. <laughs> a lot of Diana jokes. She was dead then. What year did Diana die? Was it 98 or was it 97? Because if it was... Um, it was 97. Okay, so it was... It was and it was like August 97. So it's just over a year, just over a year, and we're straight, we're, we're in. A lot of Diana gags. <laughs> and how can a logo be caring? What will it do, make me feel warm inside? Well, it's actually very cleverly done. You can take any word, remove the capital letters, and it suddenly becomes strangely alluring. We're in. Now we're in. Now we're getting the tone. Huh? 
Now we get in the tone. Now we get in the tone. See? The frightening power of persuasion. According to the... There was a big edit there. There was another joke. There was another joke. You can see it. I mean, there's lots of edits in this. Again, edited by Harry Thompson, who worked on this series. I don't think he worked on the next series. I think he kind of got booted out. But um, if you watch it, there's a lot of edits in this because he would edit for radio. He would edit for radio. Very cleverly done. You can take Big edit one, coming up. Remove the capital letters and it suddenly becomes strangely alluring. <laughs> edit. The frightening power there was another one in there that was too offensive. In the article, ITV have incorporated the heart into several spinning motifs to be shown before programmes. Although they're being kept under wraps until the official launch, Brendan has kindly agreed to recreate them for us live in the studio. See if you can spot the link between them. The first one is a Union Jack with the heart in the middle of it. Second one is uh, sparkles in the shape of a heart. And the third one is a cake with, yes, the heart. <laughs> so the key words are Union Jack, sparklers, and a great big cake all to yourself. That reminds me of someone. Ooh. We're doing eating disorder jokes. Three minutes, 56 seconds in. We're doing an eating disorder joke. Told you. This was 98, right? This was kind of loaded FHM. Uh, the word shock, 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 shock. Right. Uh, but I told you a lot of it isn't going to sit comfortably now. Right. So, you know. So there you go. We're doing eating disorder jokes. And I went along with it. I went along with it. It was, I was, I was, uh, I was 20, uh, I was 20, I was 20, hang on a minute, five, six, I was 28 years old. I was 25 years old, 25 years old. And, um, I was 25 years old and I'd gone from signing on, living at my mum's, suddenly I was getting £1,000 a week for two weeks, and I was on the telly. This was the dream. This was the dream. Fuck you, everyone. Fuck you. This is the dream. Fuck you. As part of the oh, did you hear that? Oh! Oh! Whoa! Oh, yeah. Oh! That reminds me of someone. <laughs> As part of the revamp, they've also planned changes in the schedule. Details haven't been officially released, but according to this leaked document, the new schedule will include a nightly show with Will Carling that will only run for three weeks, and a new series called Can Cook But Will Vomit. <laughs> Big old chunk there. Big old chunk about ITV changing its logo. I mean, it's not exactly... Yesterday, in Tony Blair's big speech... To the I'm shitting myself. Don't know what to do with my hands, so I'm holding my hands. Right? Holding my hands. I keep doing that. I'm trying to copy... What was the one they had to say? Oh, I, I could, could, not, could not even begin to remember, Pete. I mean, thousands over the time. Doing this. <laughs> trying to copy Chris Morris in the intonation. 
Mookie, if you've been watching from the beginning, you'll have, you'll have seen that. But this is my first VT that went out on TV. This is my first piece to camera, shitting myself, thrilled, I'm excited. I'm thinking, this is it, I'm, I'm going to be famous. This is it. This bit here. I'm getting nervous. I'm getting nervous about it. What was exciting was that we filmed it at seven, finished at nine, then had a little booze up afterwards. And then I went home to Tessa's house where she was sharing a house and we watched it on the telly, just me and her. Most exciting, the most exciting moment on my life was turning on the telly and watching this at Tessa's house, smoking a fat spliff. The most exciting moment of my life. I can feel it now. The thrill, I was in love, I was a star, I was, there's a star, it, it, everything was beginning. The best moment, I think, in any career is when it's just, just beginning. The working up to it, uh, just, it's that moment of, of that moment of, of, um, of, 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 of takeoff, that, that moment, that moment. Not that moment, not that moment, not that moment. It's that, just that bit. And that was that night. Then I had to go to bed at 11.30 and get up early because I was getting picked up at seven to go and do it again. Yesterday in Tony Blair's big speech to the party conference, he outlined the vision of a new Britain based on the idea of community spirit. But just how strong is community spirit in Britain? Well, earlier today, I sent out myself out to find out. And here I am now on film. It's all scripted. It was all written. I think I might have added a couple of outs in there myself. I never really kind of uh, freestyled too much. I stuck to the script. They wrote what they wanted me to say. This Vox Pop was out. We went out. Um, We've done a few at this point. We had a few in the bag in case we needed them. Um, it was directed by James Bobin who's since directed the most recent Muppet movies, big movie director, did the recent Dora the Explorer film. We were really good friends. He directed Thumb Candy, the documentary. Really good friends, now doesn't speak to me. I kind of have a feeling why. We had a bit of a wild night at his house when I was was on cocaine. And I, and I wonder if it's that. We, we You know, we, we didn't lead a particularly... We went to Hong Kong together in China and we didn't lead a particularly... You know, we did we, we did some, we did some terrible things, and I wonder if it's because of that. The flight of the Concords guy, yeah, and I just this has been a real problem in my career. Just all these people have gone on to amazing success, and I just wish one of them would give me a break. Ricky did. Ricky put me up along with a lot of other people. Up a lot of other people. He put me up to audition for a part on the Daily Show. The part that eventually went to, that's right, John Oliver. I auditioned for that. I auditioned for that. I auditioned for that. And uh, I didn't get it. And that's, the, as far as I'm aware, the only time anybody, uh, that was Ricky that put me up, that's the only time anybody has kind of mentioned my name. is Oh, you might want to see him. This is a funny video. I saw this the other day because someone posted on Facebook. This is funny. So, community spirit. Would people help others in need, or couldn't they give a monkey's toss? Uh, excuse me, sorry, you, you couldn't do me a favour. Would you be able to tie my shoelace up, please? I don't, I don't know how to do I don't it. Don't my boots, actually. That'd be great. I've got quite an important job in today. I'm a spy for the government, and I just need to look. That's fantastic. Thank you very much. Just, I've got 
very important date with um, well, it's all very hush with George Michael today, and I want gay jokes. No, that isn't Shepherd's Bush. That could be. It, we normally would go to the Cut, which was just down the road, or later Elephant and Castle. That could be Holloway Road. Get the smartest I can. I just went to the dentist and had some fillings done, very painful, but I really fancy some chewing gum. But I can't break it down. Do you think you could chew it's it funny. for me, just to make it a bit softer? And then I'm, it's just, I'm trying to give up smoking so as well. If you roll, roll it up in your hands, that'll soften it. Oh, that'd be great. Just break it down a bit. Doesn't that sound like Fred McCauley? I wonder if that's Fred McCauley dubbing that over because he's very loud and he wouldn't have been mic'd. I'd have had a hidden mic on underneath there. Um, I'd have had a hidden mic on underneath there. And he's very loud considering that. So I'm wondering if Fred dubbed that. Okay, it's just, I'm trying to give up smoking so as well. If you roll, roll it up in your hands, that'll soften it. Oh, that'd be great. That's, that's Fred McCauley, isn't it, talking? Isn't it? Bit for me, just to make it a bit softer, and then I'm, it's just, I'm trying to give up smoking as well. If you roll, roll it up in your hands, that'll soften it. Oh, that'd be great. That's Fred McCauley. Break it down she does it. it. That suit hanging off me. Look at that hanging off me. That was my suit. How's that? Is that that's great. None of these people were paid. These were all real people we stopped in the street. Um, you can see it's, I'm not carrying a clipboard or a microphone and the camera's some distance away. So they didn't know they were being filmed, right? They didn't know they were being filmed. Soon as they walked out of shot, a runner would then go up to them and go, Excuse me, just to let you know, you're being filmed. There's a camera over there. You're being filmed. Could I get you to sign a release form, please? So they all gave their permission to be used. You'll see one guy much later on when we go to France who didn't give their permission, and that fucked everything up for me. Fucked everything up. But, but at this point, everybody gives their permission afterwards. So there is some community spirit left in Tony Blair. Where is that? That could be Holloway Road. Those buildings don't look very Hollowayish, though. It's New Britain. But his other main theme was the zero tolerance towards crime policy. But which is stronger? People's desire to stop crime or their willingness to help others? And what if that person who needed help was in fact a criminal? Very posh, but listen to that one go. And what if that person who needed help? What was the person who needed help? I had to learn these bits. I, I, that Andrew Newman or James Bobin, it was, would write these, and I'd have to learn these bits. And I was, I'm not, I was not great. I got good at it, but I wasn't great at learning stuff, and I would rush through it. Desire to stop crime. Desire to stop crime. Desire to stop crime. The desire to stop crying, very posh. Because I'm playing, I'm trying to be a newsy guy. Or their willingness to help others. And what if that person who needed help was in fact... And what if that person who needed help? It's strange having a couple of different topics in the one package. You're absolutely right, Pete. You're absolutely right. A criminal. With the aid of this crappy disguise... 
I intend to find out. James Bowen, who put this together, is brilliant. Absolutely brilliant. And that's why he now directs movies. And James, if you're watching, come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on. I could do a line in a movie. Here's your coffee, sir. Have you got a light at all? The cameraman on this was my good friend Jade, Jade Carmen. I don't know if Catherine is still here. You met Jade in Brighton filming this. He introduced me to the guy, the sound guy. There would have been a sound guy there. You don't get sound guys now. You don't get sound guys. And the sound guy on this became my Coke dealer. But now you don't get sound guys. You just, the cameraman does it all. Cheers, thanks very much. It's too floppy. Day after that, the next day, the very next day, we went out to film. Um, we went out to film the next Fox Pop. We did them every day. And some workmen went, Oi! On the other side of the road. Oi! Oi, mate! You got a light? And I went, I'm, I'm sorry, man. I'm, I'm just off to film something. They went, Oi! And I said to James... Bobin. I said, what the fuck was that? And they said, mate, they recognise you. They saw you on telly last night and they recognise you. First time. The first time. Oi, mate, got, got a light. Got a light. I went, I'm off to, I haven't got time. Hey! That feeling, it's that feeling of, it's just happening. It's just happening. It's just happening. That's the best feeling. It's just happening. The best feeling. Cheers. Excuse me, mate. You can do me a favour. You can post these photos for me because I'm, I'm under surveillance. I'm not supposed to put this sort of stuff through the post. It's a bit, a bit explicit. You know what I mean? It's, it's lady, ladies and animals, really. You can, they're watching me. So they won't. They won't notice you. They won't notice you. Acting. I'm acting there. Who else did you not get on with? Oh, we'll get. We'll get to that. Well, look, who's going to know? That'd be great. You could do me a favour. Save me going down for twenty years. Cheers. <laughs> Christy, cheers. Excuse me, pal. I've just got a load of cheese in. Do you have that to me? 30 grand worth of that. Nice cheap cheese. Oh! That's a throwback to the gag earlier. Callback. That's a callback to the gag earlier. Out of context, it's a bit, oh, cheese, a bit surreal. It's a callback to the gag right at the start of the show. Beautiful. Beautiful. That's quite clever. Very rarely did the two kind of cross over, but that's quite good. I've got that 30 grand's worth. I mean, you could have this, you have this for a quid. And I can, uh, if you want, I can go and get you, I've got a lot more. Excuse me, you couldn't get me out and just getting these in the back of that Jag, could you? This Jaguar is Jade's, the cameraman's Jag. So if you see any um, police around, just give us a shout, you know what I mean? It's a bit... Jade's Jag. Hot in the city. Uh, well, out of someone's flat, you know what I mean? Excuse me, pal, sorry, I, I couldn't ask you a favour, could I? I've got this... This uh, is nuts! This is nuts! Imagine doing this now. You'd be arrested. This little problem here I need to get rid of. I've got this shooter. You couldn't bury it in your back garden and just get rid of it. Please. Just, just put it in your back garden. No one's going to know. I mean, be, are you sure? You'd be doing me a great favour. Let's watch it and then I'll tell you. This gun. You couldn't bury it in your back garden for me, could you? You'd be doing me a great favour. Let you into a secret. I think he, I seem to remember 
um, 22 years later, he was in on it, that guy. He'd seen the camera and he knew we were being filmed. I seem to remember that. That's the only bit that was fake, Wembley. That was the only bit that was fake. Oh, the gun? Yeah, well, maybe. But so that guy, thank you, PC Sheb, for the host. So that guy, is he, he'd seen the camera. So that's, that's, you know, gets a laugh, gets a laugh. John, you couldn't bury it in your back garden for me, could you? You'd be doing me a great favour. He was good. This is Ian Lee, 11 o'clock show, Archway. Archway. We were in Archway. <laughs> What's going on here? I'm thrilled. I'm thrilled. 1998. I'm thrilled. People laughed. Got the biggest laughs. My stuff in the first, this little run, got the biggest laughs. And, the, and I knew it was funny. I knew it was good. Got goosebumps now. Got goosebumps. I knew it was good. People laughed and it got applause. And I didn't know what to do. And I, I don't know how... I'm, I'm terrified of these two. And I don't know how to react. <laughs> Computer monitor in the background. Oh, look at that face. Genuine glee. Genuine glee. Was that a real shooter, Ian? Yes, it was, and I used it on the way. <laughs> American News Now. Tomorrow, the transcripts of the infamous tape conversations between Monica Lewinsky and Linda Tripp are to be released. Meanwhile, a Senate committee is still trying to nail down a precise definition of impeachable offences. We go over now to our American correspondent, Rich Hall. Who Rich Hall was in it. Um, Rich Hall was in it. No, Brendan still scares me. Very intimidating man. Fred, I like a lot. I haven't seen them for years. Rich Hall. He's standing in front of the White House as if simply being there somehow makes him know what he's talking about. Now that's good. That's a clever line. He stood in front of the White House as if just being there makes it sound like he knows what he's talking, makes it look like he knows what he's talking about. And that's what they do with, with a lot of reporters. Thank you for the host, PC. Uh, PC Shed, Sergio. They send them to the place for no real reason. For no real reason. Trying to nail down a precise definition of impeachable offences. We go over now to impeachment stuff. Yeah, exactly. All links up. In front of the White House, as if simply being there somehow makes him know what he's talking about. Hello, Rich. Hi, everybody. I'm standing here in front of the White House. That's it. Uh, look at that uh, faintly suggestive spurting white fountain out front. They should shut that thing down. It's disgusting. Anyway, this week things are fairly back to normal here as far as Clinton's concerned. He's, uh, he's got uh, Benjamin Netanyahu and Yasser Arafat in there. He's trying to work out some kind of uh, land accord. And there's a photo in the Washington Times today of the three men. You'll notice they're standing. They're standing. Apparently nobody wants to sit in the White House anymore. It's kind of like visiting a porno theater, you know what I mean? <laughs> this is one thing that Clinton is great at. He's great at sticking his head into peace talks and trying to get credit for them kind of like when you go on holiday and you get your photos back and there's always that weird guy in the photos. That's what Clinton's like during peace talks. There goes the Secret Service. They're all over the place. And here's my question. We're at a point in history where some semen on a dress is going to bring down a president. How stupid and pathetic is that? And also, where are all these Secret Service people when you needed them? You know what I mean? They throw themselves in front of a bullet. Stop. Come on. Anyway, I'm going to all here in Washington, D.C. See you later. 
Now, obviously, there's been a bit of criticism in the press that the Labour conference is also... I'm relaxed now. Now I'm relaxed. Is this another Vox Pop from me? Oh, this might be when I went to the Labour conference. ...stage managed that Labour's image is being manufactured for public consumption. Well, last night, I obtained an exclusive interview with... This is funny, man. I didn't know this was in the first episode. This is funny. Although I seem to remember that I sit at a very weird angle. This is funny, right? This is funny. With Northern Ireland Secretary Mo Molan to discuss the matter. Let's just go back a little bit. All right. I remember I got called in late to do this. The Labour's image is being manufactured for public consumption. Yeah, Well, last Chilled. night I obtained Chilled. an exclusive interview with Northern Ireland Secretary Mo Molan to discuss the matter. All right. Ian Lee on the line from London. Ian, you're aligned to the Secretary of State. Hello, Mo. It's Ian Lee here. How are you? OK. Very well, Ian. And you? Poor old Mo Molan. Miss Mo Molan. Miss Mo Molan. I'm fine, thanks. Yeah, um, I've got a question about Labour... The 11 o'clock show office. Look. Now, you're a serious politician and you've done some fantastic work in Northern Ireland, which I'm sure no one would disagree. It's a great joke coming up. This is funny. Agree with. She'd been seen dancing with Chris Evans, right? It's been a big news story that she danced with Chris Evans, okay? So why, why do you trivialise it by being photographed with that ginger guy that everyone hates? <laughs> um, well, actually, what I was doing, Ian, was that we have a youth event at party conference every Sunday before it starts. Yeah. And I go because it's usually good fun and I enjoy a dance. Yeah. And Chris Evans, very kindly, ginger guy oh, you I, might I, call I him. talking about um, Robin Cook, actually. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny, huh? That's funny. That's a funny thing. That's a funny thing. Nice. Not mean. No one gets hurt. She takes it in great spirits. That's fun. So, so far, the two bits that have got the biggest laughs were my bits. Oh, I felt so special. I felt so special. I felt so special. I enjoy a dance. And Chris Evans, very kindly, ginger guy oh, you I, might I, I call him. talking about um, Robin Cook, actually. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I know it's not big and it's not clever, but just for one moment there, I felt close to the heart of power. <laughs> Last night, the West End saw the Premier of Steve Coogan's run uh, in London. Uh, there he is, uh, with his hand on Caroline Hearn's oh. left. Oh. Lot of people, lot of people dead. Lot of people dead. <clears throat> A lot of people dead. Breast. Practising for when he gets a Golden Globe Award. What's the chin into the chest move about? I don't know. I didn't know what I was doing. I've always been very uncomfortable with my body. And I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't know what I was doing, David. But you couldn't have gone because you wouldn't have been able to get a ticket. Because it was only it girls and boys that were allowed in. Oh. Luckily, we've got our very own it girls. She's ah, called Pandora Box Granger. And this is Daisy. But we should warn viewers that they may find some of the following scenes distressing. So this is Daisy, I think. So Daisy had a name before she was Daisy, Pandora Box Granger. She was Harry Thompson's personal assistant, I seem to remember. Um, and she used to make him laugh. So he said, oh, why don't you come do something on the show? Because you wouldn't have been able to get a ticket. Because it was only it girls and boys that were allowed in. Luckily, we've got our very own it girl. She's called Pandora Box Granger. And here's her report but we should warn viewers that they may find some of the following scenes distressing. She really is terrible. 
Well, here I am in the middle of the middle of London, and you'll never guess how I got here. Um, my nasty car never turned up, so I had to go on one of the wonderful, witty little metal tubes that zooms underground. It was amazing. There were so many people. I couldn't find my seat anywhere. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm here at the premiere of the latest show of one of Britain's funniest men, the rubber-faced womanizer Steve Coggan. Oh, my God, look over there. That's Goldie. Apparently, he was named after that dog from Blue Peter. There's Frank Skinner and that bloke from the Lightning Seeds. Well, I expect they left David Badial in the pub. Oh, and there's that woman inside Mrs. Merton. She's always drunk. She's always drunk. She was an alcoholic, wasn't she? Wasn't she? I think. Oh, my God, there's a grubby guy from the Verve. And look, it's Trevor McDonald. Oh, how sweet. He shaved off his moustache, especially for the occasion. Well, I've got all my jokes ready for the post-show bash. It'll be a real hoot. Um, okay, uh, what do you call a donkey with three legs? A wonky. <laughs> oh, I'm behind the desk. I don't remember moving from the sofa to the desk. What's this? They've given me a bit. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. They've given me a bit. What am I doing here? Shitting myself. Tony Blair. You probably think you know what he looks like, but do you? Here he is on page eight of today's Sun. The brilliant Griffin there comparing Tony to hard man Vinnie Jones and coming up with a remarkable likeness of Alan Sugar. And here's Blair on page seven of the same paper. David Smith's ingenious portrayal of our leader as Star Trek's Mr. Spock. So if our cartoonists are rubbish, where do we look for the fresh talent? Well, strangely, the answer lies on the letters... Didn't know about breath control, about swallowing, about breathing, and look at that. Where do we look for the fresh talent? Well, strangely, the answer lies on the left. Shitting myself. Son. Well, we have a charming cartoon by none other than former gangland overlord Reggie Cray. <laughs> and there's a great letter from his wife, Roberta, defending Cray's artistic talents after art critic Brian Sewell called the piece the work of a mental defective. <laughs> 
We on the 11 o'clock show thought the idea of commissioning Dangerous Psychopaths to draw cartoons was such a good one that we've got hold of some other crazed inmates' work. This could be unpleasant. Mental health, murderers, art. Let's see where this one goes. Here's road rage killer Tracy Andrews' effort, a wry look at transport policy. What do you think of transport? It's all right. Sorry, I appear to have cut your head off and blamed somebody else. I don't remember. What was Tracy Andrews? I don't remember. Oh! Tracy Andrews is an English woman who murdered her fiancé, Lee Raymond Dean Harvey, on the 1st of December 1996. She was sentenced to life imprisonment after being found guilty of murder at her trial in July 1997 and served 14 years before being released from prison. Pete's loving it. Pete, I thought you'd be one of the people that would be dead against all of this. Here's the Yorkshire Ripper giving us his take on the Northern Ireland peace negotiations. Sorry, it's upside down. That was my joke. Sorry it was upside down. That was my joke. Actually, I probably I, that was a Mackenzie joke. It's a little bit hard to make out. I think he's used his own blood. Now, and Peter has also suggested a logo for his comical strip. And here it is. <laughs> Coming up. That was me. I think... I think... That's me going... And that's the end of the joke. You know, like in the way on Radio 4 comedies, they go, and um, and I didn't know what to do. Everyone knows it's the end of the joke. So that's me going, that's the end of the joke. Thank you very much. I don't know how to end it. We're not even halfway through. Part two, the official Channel 4 voice of youth. See you in a minute. We're going to see. Yeah. Come back in the second half and check us out because we're going to. Look at these kids. Look at these kids. No idea who these kids are. Me talking to Lord St. John Stevens about government and tin. Keep it real, aye. That's it. The streets are rough. Here we go. First half, we go into the second half. Oh! I love these. I improvise these. I improvise these. I've got very good peripheral vision. Read all about it. Woman forces baby to walk against its will. <laughs> oh, I laughed at it. That's funny, huh? Read all about it. Woman forces baby to walk against its will. Very slowly. That's funny. So they had me stood there. That's uh, um, Hammersmith um, by the big roundabout. They had me stood there for like two hours just doing that. I'd see people come in and read all about it, describing the person that's just walking past me. See, that's funny. I want to do, you see, Wembley says bring that bit back. I do want to do the Vox Pops again. Maybe this is something to do again, but it's just how do you finance it really? That was funny. That was funny. 
Welcome back to the 11 o'clock sh show. Grabbing today's news Dyslexic. by the neck and spaffing on its bangs. <laughs> <laughs> it's the 11 o'clock shoe show. In his speech at Blackpool yesterday, Tony Blair reaffirmed his commitment to constitutional reform. But just what is this constitutional reform? And could any subject be duller? We sent the official Channel 4 voice of youth, Ali G. First ever Ali G. Former Tory minister, Lord St. John of Fosley. Here we go. This is funny. How our government works but I think you'll be surprised at how straight this is. You see the costume, doesn't really look like Ali G that we know. And I bet it's really tame. And the way they would get this to work is they would interview someone for 40 minutes, an hour, half an hour, 40 minutes, an hour. And like every fifth, that you do a proper interview. And then once you got their trust, you'd ask them something really stupid. Then do a couple more straight questions. Then ask them something really stupid. So it wasn't just stupid, 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 stupid. And then out of that 40 minutes, an hour, you cut it down to two and a half minutes. That was funny. Youth of Britain. You might see Andrew Newman here, actually. That's Andrew Newman. That's Andrew Newman, who um, was one of the producers of the Evan O'Clock Show, then went on to be a commissioning editor at Channel 4, went on to be, I think, the head of Channel 4 comedy, if not the head of Channel 4 itself. I fell out with him through cocaine. I had a cocaine rage at him. Um, completed him, mate. Hey, man, you are, are brilliant. I know I said before, I was an actual child that would secretly watch this. I was obsessed with it. I couldn't wait to be old enough to join in with all these incredibly funny people. It was people like yourself that made me want to work in comedy. Namaste. Completed it, mate. Come here. Come here. You're not... Um, hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. Hang on a minute. You are... You... Thank you, James. I appreciate that. Um... You're a VIP of this channel. Thank you, James. That's very kind, man. Uh, this is a weird thing that I'm doing, right? And I, this is the very, very first episode. And I don't know. Thank you, Alex, for the um, the gift. I don't know if I... I'm finding it interesting watching it. This is the very first episode. I'm finding it uncomfortable. I'm finding it exciting. So we'll see. But thank you, James. That's a real, um, you know, a huge fan of yours. That's a, that's a, a really kind thing to say. Thank you, thank you, thank you. So that's Andrew Newman, and I fell out with him because he, we went and filmed some stuff in Jerusalem that was really offensive, actually, for the Christmas special, and he cut most of it out and said, you can't show that. And me and a come down from cocaine, I called him a C, which was, 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 was terrible. It was terrible, terrible, terrible. And we never, we, we never kind of got, he didn't like me after that. I don't think he liked me anyway. He didn't want me to be in the 11 o'clock show. It was uh, it was Harry Thompson that got me in the eleven o'clock show. Um, anyway, the government. Wicked now, check this. Now politics is. It's a great intro. Wicked now, check this. But look, I mean, he's dressed pretty straight, pretty straight. Um, remember the first time he came into the office. Um, I'm, I'm loving it, mate. I know how vomit-inducing to watch yourself do stuff, but hearing you talk about this is exactly what I want. This is interesting thought programming. Thank you, James. Thank you, man. You're very, very kind. I'm loving your streams, by the way. Oh, I'm doing all the episodes, Pete. If I'm doing it, I'm doing it. If I'm doing it, I'm doing it. Uh, <laughs> remember the first time he came in in his big yellow tracksuit thing? And um, uh, we all went, nah, it's not going to work. It 
is not gonna work. And it worked. It worked. Something that everyone needs to know about. It may sound boring, it may sound whatever dull when you watch it on the news, but it's something you've got to know about because it's about the country. Now, I'm here with St. John of Falsley, and he's going to tell us about it. Politics is important, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> That's a great opening line. Politics is important, isn't it? It's rightfully important because it enables uh, ordinary people to have their say. If we use it. Here's, here's, a, here's a trick. They had two cameras. One camera um, would be locked off filming both of them, right? And then the second camera would be doing DVs, would be doing just a little handheld camera that would be filming stuff. And those black and white shots are the handheld camera, and that means it's really ed easy to edit. When you see one of those, there's an edit. You want it turned up a little bit? I can turn that up. There we go. Let's, let's have a little... Uh, it's a bit quiet. And then an analogy from the street. If this is a club, mm. the political system, the lord, the commons, whatever, who is the DJ? Who is rocking out the rhythm? Who is laying down... The rhythm. Well, I suppose in the House of Commons, it's the Speaker who has to control the debate, who calls the people uh, to speak. It's a woman at the moment, Betty Boothroyd. So let's keep with that. Who is the rapper who's going on the rhythm that Boothroyd is laying down, and yet he's doing the lyrics? He's putting out the lyrics that make sense off the beat well, that the DJ is doing. Well, the, 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 the lyrics... Uh, are made by the members and the front bench of the two parties, the leaders of the two parties, they, I suppose, would be equivalent to the DJs. They, so they are like Biggie Smalls. Yes. They are like... <laughs> it's slow, right? It's slower than you remember it, and it's certainly slower than it got and gentler than it got. But it's funny, man, isn't it? And there's me Watch. I'm in the studio... I'd probably seen these ones before because these were done a while before. The Ali G stuff was filmed quite a bit before. Or, they were a separate team to us. Dan Mazer and everybody, it was a separate team. And uh, what I remember in this short series and the second series is it was a team. It was a mothership, right? It was a mothership. And everyone would go out and do their little things. Ali G, who was always quite separate from us, but me... Daisy, Mackenzie later on would go out and do their stuff and then we'd all come back and go look at what we've made look at what we've made and we'd all watch it and go whoa that's brilliant whoa 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 it's exciting by the by series three and four everyone was very insular everyone kept themselves to themselves no one wanted to I feel like Peter talk after headquarters no one wanted to share stuff it wasn't a team anymore we were all these little um these little things and we would do our own stuff and no one would share it and that really broke my heart when 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 I realized that was the thing that broke my heart did Ali G ever come into the studio no there was talk about it once and I was reluctant and then he said no so it didn't happen um I remember when he was filming the Ali G show and he told me he'd got the Ali G show and I was like oh man this is when I realized that it was it was over in terms of a collective right was he said he got the Ali G show and Dan Mazer was going to be producing it and Daisy was Dan's girlfriend, now wife. And I said, oh man, that's great. I'd love to come along and watch it. Uh, Ian, uh, Sasha it was, it was like, uh, Ian, it's just, I'm just going to have like, not many people come in. It's just going to be, uh, no. And then I found out loads of other people that worked on the show went and I wasn't invited. I thought, ah, 
ah, okay, he's pulling down the shutters from what, what he perceives to be the weaker stuff. Was I like that? No, 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 I wanted to share it all. I wanted to share it. I wanted to go, look what we, I wanted it to be a team. I, 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 me and Daisy fell out. I don't remember what, I think I probably said some pretty outlandish things about her. I do remember one incident when we filmed a trail that where I was quite vulgar. I sniffed my fingers. And the implication being I fingered her. And she was rightly, rightfully upset about that. But there had been other things before that. And so the tension was quite tough. And they said, we're going to film that trail again. I went, no, you're not. No, we're not. We've got to film that again. No, we're not. We're not doing it. And that was the end of, of, of that. I mean, there have been other things and we'd fallen out. We didn't really get on. I haven't spoken to her for, since the show ended now. <laughs> Who is there? You've got the music. You've got the rapping. Who's there checking out the new fly moves, doing a new crazy legs, doing something, fly, something interesting, different doing to the music, but making sense of it? Well, anybody can do And that's that. To me, that's where, where Sasha's genius is. Different to the music, but making sense of it. It's an adventure. Namaste. Thank you for the subscription. That, for me, is his genius. Different to the music, but making sense of it. Turns it almost into a song. It sounds pretentious. Turns it almost into... But making sense of it. Well, Listen, it's like he's, 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 he's great got the delivery. Who's there checking out the new fly moves, doing a new crazy legs, doing something <laughs> something interesting? Different to the music, but making sense of it. Well, anybody can do that who's so minded, but the people who have the biggest role are the people called front benchers who sit actually on the front bench yeah. in the House of Commons. They have particular ministers. Not being rude, but would you say you could be difficult to work with back then? Not then, Roscoe, not then. 18 months later, yes. Yes. Not then. Not then. Not then I was like saying hello to everybody on the floor knew everybody's names, tried to learn everyone's names. Thank you for the cheer, Katie. Um, 18 months later, when cocaine really started to get involved, an ego, and everyone's telling me I'm great, and I'm having meetings with the head of Channel 4, and they're saying, you know, Kevin Ligo is telling me I'm the next um, Graham Norton. Yeah, yeah. I remember your awkward remark at Ritual when you implied he hadn't been funny, then you had to quickly repair the comment. Yeah, there was something like that. Isn't it funny, the stuff you remember? There was something like that. Um, yeah, there was something like that. Did Gak turn you into a proper ass then? When has, when has cocaine ever done anybody... When has cocaine ever made anybody nicer? When has it ever made them nicer? Can't. Yeah, there was something with... Uh, I've got to... Listen, I'm going to be honest, right? There's no point in me doing this if I'm going to... If I'm going to sugarcoat it. Um, yeah, there was a thing with Ritual... Thank you, Danny. 24, my favourite number out of all of the, those three is. Yeah. And that's their responsibility, and they take the lead. And who is like Dougie Fresh and the Get Fresh crew? Who is there doing the human <laughs> version of the beatbox? Doing the... <laughs> doing the... <laughs> yeah, that, and that, backs up, that backs up the... Those are the ordinary members. Away. It's much more democratic, you see, than, yeah. the, than, than the rap scene. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great line. That's a great line. It's much more democratic than the rap scene. Well done. Yeah. 
who is the club owner who say, all right, that's enough, too much music, turn it down. <laughs> what about like politicians, like the idea of representing, like rappers represent, politicians represent. I represent my men in Slough, yeah. my men, you know, my posse in Staines, in Ivor Heath, you know, the, the Staines Massive, whatever. The MP, he represent Berkshire. Is there a difference? Are we going to start seeing the rappers, the house of MPs, becoming the house of MCs? Well, That's a long build-up to that line, which would have, that gag would have been written. You see, he's got a clipboard there. That's got the gags on. A lot of it will be improvised with Sasha because he was brilliant. But that, that gag, I, I would almost definitely say is written. And he was building up to that. But all the time the composition is changing. But what you've got in the House of Commons is you've got too many lawyers and too many teachers. And not enough rappers. rappers. Not <laughs> enough rappers. And DJs. And DJs. My main man, St. John. Wicked. Taking it out in the main House of Lords now. So you got three minutes there. That would have been about an hour that they filmed, uh, 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 and so and also it's really tame actually compared to what he goes on to do. That's really tame, but funny, man, funny. So I would say I would kind of say, let's, let's get the ego out. My vox pop and Sasha's stuff. Sasha in in this episode. In this episode, so far the biggest laughs have been my vox pop and Sasha. Sasha, I would say, is funnier. But that, the studio stuff. It's the 30th of September, 1998. Bearing in mind, I was brought in to be the guy out on the street. And I've done shed loads of this episode. More than I remembered, actually. More than I remembered. I didn't think I did what this What was much. happening on the 30th of September, 1988? Or 78? 68? Or 58? Tommy Vance will never forget. Hi, my name is Tommy Vance. <laughs> <laughs> what was happening Look on the 30th of September 1988? Well, 78. We'll watch him as he turns around. Tommy Vance will never forget. Hi, my name is Tommy Vance and this is my news gold. The year is 1988 Anno Domini. <laughs> and back in the USSR, there's a new kid on the Soviet bloc. Mikhail Gorbachev is about to become president and the Ruskies are ecstatic. He's got the new Russia all mapped out on his head. There we go. There we go. By the way, um, completed it, mate, of course, is, is James Buckley, as I'm sure most of you know. He may have left now. But, um, but there is a crossover in that um, the writers and producers of The Inbetweeners, Ian Morris and Damon Beasley... They didn't start on the 11 o'clock show. I'm guessing they started on uh, Big Breakfast. Everybody seemed to have started on the Big Breakfast. But they they did a lot of the um, VTs on the 11 o'clock show. Damon, I seem to remember going to, to party conferences with him. And Ian, we certainly I certainly went to uh, Jerusalem with him and did a lot of videos with him. Um, so there is a connection there. From a red man to a dead man. From a red man to a dead man. 20 years ago today, the Vatican loses its head honcho. Not God, he's an eternal spirit and therefore cannot die. 
He did the VTs on Meet Ricky Gervais too. Of course he did. Of course he did. Um, well, didn't he? Didn't did Bark produce that? Their company did Bark produce that? Um, I mean, they're both brilliant. Uh, Damon produced uh, the Persuasionists, so we can all, you know, even brilliant people can make mistakes. But here's the problem with here's the the, the problem with Ian and Damon. They're really really nice guys. I used to be scared of um, Ian Morris. And I think, actually, he had a very, very... I'm not now. He's a lovely bloke, very kind to me. And I saw Damon a while ago, and they're, they're such nice gentlemen. Damon in particular. But Ian Morris had a very, very vicious tongue. He had a very vicious tongue. Razor sharp. And he could really put you down with, with a line. I mean, he was clever and he was brilliant, but... And, that used to, and I was scared of everybody on this show. I'm just there, this stoned 24, 25-year-old when this went out, going, um, Ian Morris and I fangirl over Crowded House on Twitter. Catherine, you need to speak to Paul, Paul Garner about Crowded House. You know he's played drums with them. Um, they were, you, you know he's, he's, he, he's played drums with them. Boark didn't produce Gervais, Gervais. They weren't the big, scary, powerful men that would make young boys do things to get a part in their sitcom yet. Yeah, tell me about it. We've all had to stroke that. Um, but, but Ian Morris terrified me. I was terrified of everyone. I'm a 24, 25 as this goes out. We kind of started just before the summer. 25-year-old stoner who was a failed, was terrible stand-up. And a lot of stand-ups who'd auditioned for this, there was a lot of bitterness and resentment in the stand-up community because, um, uh, because, they, because they had all, all auditioned. Everybody auditioned to host this show. And a few got it. There was a lot of bitterness and resentment directed towards me because I got it. And I was a shit stand-up. I was an open spot. I was a very, very hit and miss open spot. As soon as I got this, I stopped doing live gigs. I think I had three in the diary, two in the diary. One was with Zaren Gibson. And we'd done a show, me, Zaren, Mitch Ben and Mackenzie Crook, had done a show in Edinburgh that year, this year, 98, called The Bootleg Bootleg Beatles. And it was a sketch show. Liz39, thank you for the subscription. And ITV wanted to make a pilot. And somebody else was interested. And Mackenzie opted out quite early on. Because he had just done barking. Had he done barking at that point? Or he was, I think he'd done barking because I think he was sort of famous then. And he had stuff happening. And then I bailed out in Edinburgh. I said, I don't want to do a pilot with you guys because I've got the 11 o'clock show. And so I had one gig with Zeran afterwards. It was in Cardiff in like a rugby club. And I didn't want to be billed as the guy from the 11 o'clock show. Literally... You know, this like a week's worth of episodes have gone out, so I wasn't famous. But what I was doing was different to this. And anyway, he, he kind of out. Anyway, anyway. No, I'm talking about Pope John Paul I. Some say his holiness was killed by the mafia. Was he? God knows. <laughs> From holy man to Tony Benn. And the day remains the same. It's the Blackpool Conference 1978, and the burning issue is smoking. 
Are fags allowed at the conference? Uh oh. He is. But the Oh no! 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 I know it was we, we got some homophobia, but this early on. What can I tell you? Learning issue is smoking. Are fags allowed at the conference? He is, but the delegates band back and quite right too. Smoking's wrong. I only do it because I'm cool. <laughs> That's funny. I only do it because I'm cool. And my lungs are made of platinum steel. I think smoking. The year of our Lord is. Not I think smoking killed Tommy Vance. Wasn't it lung cancer he died of? That's not a woman when he says he is. That's a man. That's a man with long hair. Isn't it? Isn't it? Isn't that a man with Turning long hair? Turning issue is smoking. Are fags allowed at the conference? He is. That's a man. That's a man. Died of lung cancer. But the delegates banned back. And quite right too. Smoking's wrong. I only do it because I'm cool. And my lungs are made of platinum steel. The year of our Lord is now 1958, and the king of rock and roll leaves Memphis. Where is he going? Overseas? With a stroke, was it? The footage doesn't explain. My job is to watch, not to interpret. That would be editorializing. <laughs> that is actually brilliant. Listen to that whole Elvis bit again. That is brilliant. That is brilliant. Now 1958. And the king of rock and roll leaves Memphis. Where is he going? Overseas? Why? The footage doesn't explain. My job is to watch, not to interpret. That would be editorializing. That's a great line, isn't it? That would be editorializing. Well, not editorializing. Is that what he says? Can't speak. It's not my gig. Not my gig. <laughs> Thanks, Tommy. The Daily Express has its own nugget of news gold today with this late-breaking story under the headline, Great Cover-Up on JFK Shooting. <laughs> Just in, Christ Crucified. <laughs> the Express tells its astounded readers that they suspect there was something fishy about the death of President Kennedy. <laughs> My God, someone should make a film about this. <laughs> this may come as a surprise to you, but the papers don't always tell you the truth. But you can trust us to give it you straight. Here's what the papers ought to say. <coughs> slow, slow. We're looking at an article in today's Express about Jerry Halliwell. The paper says, since leaving the band, she has auctioned her clothes for charity and has adopted a simple, sleek-looking meaning. Since leaving the band, she stopped dressing like a tart and is trying to become the new Princess Diana. <laughs> Jerry has ditched her raunchy image for a demure look which fits in with her charity work. <laughs> Jerry has ditched her raunchy image for a Louise Woodward look which makes it rather scary when she's seen clasping a child. Louise Woodward. Do you remember Louise Woodward? She was the, uh, the British um, babysitter in America who was accused of killing a baby by shaking it to death. She was found not guilty, I seem to remember. I, 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 I do remember. Um... It does get faster, Icon, when we get to series two and three. It speeds up, but not much. 
not much. Um, we are. We're nearly there. We're nearly there. God, nearly two hours watching this. Flipping. <laughs> She's particularly interested in breast cancer, having discovered a benign lump in her right breast at the age of 18. <laughs> One disease is as good as another, and this one's perfect because she can remind people of what great tits she's got. This is why I was quite happy at this time to be doing the stuff separate from this. Because these two could do this. This was the plan. I end up mouthing these jokes, series two, three, and four. I told you, I told you it was going to be uncomfortable. Um, lads, lads, lads. <laughs> um, but this is why at this stage, I was really happy to be the third wheel. Because this is nothing to do with me, right? This is nothing to do with me. And then later on, I would be the one that would say these jokes because no one else would want to do it. And I would just, because I didn't know how to say no, would do it. And also because I thought shocking and offending was funny. Oh, I'm not freaking out. I'm not freaking out, Mookie. I'm just putting it in context, describing what was going on and saying where I am now. I'm not freaking out. <laughs> now Shoulders. What's in my pocket? Might be smokes. We've all been poking fun. Wouldn't be smokes, it would be uh, um, Rizzlers, because I was a roll-up guy. Fun at the news and the people in the news, and that's fine. But every once in a while on this programme, we like... That'll be the fob to get into my um, dressing room. Just to take a step back and tackle something a little bit more serious. For example, the sad story of 12-year-old Simon Saunders, who suffers from an unusual condition. He only sees the world in black and white. For Simon's parents, his life has been a difficult journey. It's just the simple things in life that we all take for granted. Are we about to rip the piss out of a 12-year-old colourblind kid? Brendan's given up stand-up now. He's retired. Apparently, lives on a farm. I made the David Byrne collect connection later, Mookie, and then I, I, I retrospectively said that's why I did it. I genuinely bought that. It was my first suit. I thought it was a smart suit. I didn't realise it looked stupid. Um, the flowers, the green grass, sunshine, blue sky, just basically things like that that, you know, are just going to be totally different to him. They are totally different to him. Simon really is quite a remarkable case. But before we can even think about treating him... This is not a real story. This is not a real story. This is not a real story. Okay. You have to understand exactly he how was the one of the writers in monochrome. Now, by using the very latest gamma cortex fiber optic technique, we've developed a special implant which allows us to see exactly what Simon sees. Well, last I'd heard, he'd retired, Pete, but maybe he's not. And the pictures we received thus far really have been quite remarkable. <laughs> That's kind of cute. That's um, the office street. That's the street where the um, that's that that building there. I think is where the eleven o'clock show offices were, or Talkback Productions were, which was owned by Mel Smith and Griff Reese Jones. I think it was that, and it was the office was kind of down there. That guy, I think, was a producer called Simon. I think that's a good producer called Simon. He used to get um, he got if it is him, he got was asked to leave and be very careful because he used to get deliveries made. I think we have to give ourselves a break slightly. While there are things that were and are unacceptable, I like to think it's more positive to look back and chuckle at how far we've come. 
there's already a few things in the in-betweeners that makes me uncomfortable. Oh, no, you're t I, I think you're right, James. I think you're right. Um, I mean, you, you, people get called out for tweets they did five years ago. And you, you do think, well, if people went back and watched it, I could be opening up a whole can of worms. If anybody from the Daily Mail is bothering to watch this, they're going to see stuff that they could, that would. It's a weird time, isn't it? Where if you did something a long time ago that fitted in with the context of that time, you can still be cancelled now. And so this is a slightly dangerous game uh, uh, playing this. I mean, I, I, I was a little embarrassed at some of the 11 o'clock show stuff. I mean, there's a Harold Shipman thing. I'll tell you the Harold Shipman thing. There's two things that we had. Um, uh, one of them I thought was funny and one I thought was awful. And these are just the ones that spring to mind. We had a counter uh, 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 above the set one day when the Harold Shipman thing was breaking. It was just going up 652, 653. And that was a counter of murder victims which I thought was funny. The thing that I thought was awful was there was a, a, a news footage of Shipman's wife opening the door to the press and then shutting the door. And Dominic English, one of the, the series producer, the executive producer, VO'd over the top, you fucked a monster. And that at the time I thought was, nah, nah. Even then it was, Nah, and we the show had by that point been given the specific instruction, unbeknownst to me, to shock, shock, and offend was more funny than being was was more important than being funny. So yeah, I I, I do listen. I'm not going to lose any sleep over any of the stuff that's in this show. That we're going to see. Otherwise I wouldn't be showing it. Because I know it's going to be uncomfortable. I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. But. 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 You know. It's nice to wince at stuff from 22 years ago. <laughs> oh. What are their names? What are their names? He. Ended up going out with a really sexy woman in the office. They were writers. And the other guy, I think, is Ben. Catherine, if you're still there, I think the other guy is Ben, who you kind of know, isn't it? Isn't that Ben? Is that Ben Cordell? Ben Cordell. A very clean-shaven Ben Cordell. I think it's Ben Cordell, who now works, of course, on... Um, uh, Kunk, and I believe that there's a new series. What's the name of the the? Uh, okay, she's Diane Morgan, who I think has got a new series coming out. Diane Morgan's got a new series coming out, which uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing. Okay. Don't know why my what's going on? Why's my why's my computer gone funny? Something's happened, my computer's gone funny. Okay, right, so we're gonna watch a bit more of this. My computer's gone a bit funny. I think that's Ben Cordell that's gone down. They were the main writers of the eleven o'clock show. Jokes like the shipment stuff, Dando, etc. We should get you on, uh, we, 
me and my cat should get you on one night, James. I think it used to be acceptable to use humour as a way to deal with grief. I think it's interesting now we aren't allowed to laugh at these things. There appears to be a depression epidemic going on in the world. I'm not sure if I've made an interesting point or talking bollocks. Um, I don't think our humour, the 11 o'clock show, was doing it. I mean, there'll be some dando jokes coming up. I don't. I, I think. I, I think. I think. Certainly, that wasn't the reasoning as a way to deal with grief. I get what you're saying. The, the reasoning for that for the eleven o'clock show was to offend. And, uh, but yeah, no, you're right. You're right. You're right. I don't know. Nearly two hours of watching this crap. We, I thought we could do the whole series tonight. The end. Look at me. I'm loving it. I'm really happy. That's the end. That's the end. We're coming to the end of the first show. We survived it. We survived it. We're going to do the pickups afterwards. You don't get to see that. That's where you... Um... Hey, Gingerbeard Mark. Um, uh, the, the pickups where you finish filming the show and then they go, right, we need to... We need to do... Okay, we're going to do... Uh, if we could quiet, please. Brendan, if we could just get you to say... Da, 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 da. Mel and Griff had no involvement with the show. We just used their offices and it was their company. Peter Fincham, who's now the... He's not the head of ITV. Don't know what Peter Fincham is. Everybody moves around. Peter Fincham owned Talkback with Mel and Griff. Kevin Ligo was the head of Channel 4 at the time. He's now the head of ITV. Um, and I'm at the end. We're at the end of the show, and I'm thrilled. I can't believe this is actually happening. You've got to remember, we'd filmed one pilot the week before, and it was it was still unreal to me. It was still unreal to me. Here, we've just finished filming. We're just about finishing filming the first ever episode. And it's guaranteed it's going to go out in about two hours time. That look on my face there is pure joy. This is it. This was all I ever wanted. This was all I ever wanted, and it's happening now. The disappointment in once you've achieved your dreams, for me, the best moment of success for me is I don't like the work before, and I don't like that. It's that when you're just about to burst forth, just about. Went finished this. Went off had a few drinks. Went home to Tessa's house where she was. I was staying, and smoked a big fat doobie, and we watched it. Oh, there will never be 46. There will never be a moment in my career as satisfying as this and as satisfying as watching the first episode of this going out with, with my girlfriend. It will never be, never be that moment of pleasure ever again. Can't. Can't exist. It can't exist. Kids being born and stuff is great. Different. It's different. Everything I'd worked towards, everything I'd been told by my teachers at school. Uh, you'll never be an actor, Ian. What people don't realise is I'm acting here. I made the mistake of using my name and so people could blame Ian Lee for stuff. I'm acting. These two aren't acting, I don't think. That's Fred McCauley. That's Brendan Burns. I mean, Brendan is a slightly heightened character, I suppose you could say. But I'm acting. Right? I'm acting. But no one ever recognised that. No one ever recognised that. I'm doing a... Um, 
I'm doing a character. But my teachers at school said, you'll never be an actor. You'll never make it. It's a stupid idea. Become a teacher. It's going to be a primary school teacher teaching drama. And this, this moment here is like, fuck, yes, I've done it. I've done it. I'm on a TV show. Not only that, it's a rip-off of the day-to-day, -day, my favourite TV show, and I'm playing a rip-off of a Chris Morris character. Not only that, Channel 4 are threatening to throw a shitload of money at this. Made it. Look at my face. The latest Euro law and working hours comes into effect at midnight tonight. Will it never end? It ended yesterday. It ended yesterday. Where will they be sticking their Euro noses next? Isn't that funny? It all links. I've done it and I know they haven't filmed enough material they can cut me out in the edit. I was blown away. I'm surprised at how much I'm in this episode. Well, the 11 o'clock show has the matter in hand. To keep track of all the latest Euro legislation as and when it happens, we've engaged our very own... Oh, I was part of the problem. I was, you're right. I was part of the problem. I'm part of the problem as to why we've left Europe. I don't know, Dave. I don't know. I think, I don't know. We'll talk about that another night. Very own Euro correspondent, Wim van der Land. Oh! If I remember correctly, Wim van der Land, can't remember his name. He's the meerkat guy. He's the Geordie from Alan Partridge. What's his name? Can't remember his name. Anyway, it's him. So let's go right over to Brussels to find out what's happening. Vim? Today, here in Brussels, the European Commission announced a new EU directive on the standardization of celebrities across the community of Europe. From the 1st of October, only the following people will... Here's the, here's the thing. I don't think that's green screen. This is the budget we had. He has been sent out there to do this. It's what we used to do in the old days. Be recognised as celebrities. Prince Rainier, Morten Hackett, <laughs> Stefan Edberg, Falco, Bjorn from... A lot of Falco jokes. A lot of running gags um, in, in the series. Fal Simon Greenall, thank you. Falco. You're going to see a lot of gags about Falco. Aber, Jan Hammer and Dutch darts champion Raymond Barneveld. <laughs> From Britain, you will be allowed to have your hat-leaving singer, Paul Young. Is, is that true, Vim? No, I've been talking whoppers out of my arse. <laughs> so, so, why are you saying this? Because we are Europeans and we hate you British. <laughs> it wouldn't be... A, I'm wondering if that is green screen. But the light doesn't look like green screen. Normally when it's green screen on the 11 o'clock show, it's you're very... Well, I mean, he's obviously he's not live, but they would have filmed it... I'm pretty sure he's there and they film it with the brakes in and then they play it in and you tighten it up in the edit. Now, I don't think it is green screen. I think he's there. Vim Vanderland there, live from Brussels and what a lovely sunny evening they're having there. <laughs> We've been the 11 o'clock show. That was Wednesday, September the 30th and we'll be back tomorrow with Thursday, October the 1st. Hmm, like that. that's topical. Yeah. <laughs> what? What?
don't think it was pre-Daily Show. Hmm, that's topical. Oh, very camp, very camp in this, very camp. With Thursday, October the 1st. Hmm, like that. that's topical. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you'll join us then. <laughs> Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night. Yeah, I did it! That face there, that's it, man. That's it. With Thursday, October the 1st. Hmm, like that. that's topical. Relax. Yeah. <laughs> Hope you'll join us then. <laughs> Good night. Good night. Genuine joy. Glee. 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 See, see, see some names. Let's see some names. London Studios. More Chiba. It was more Chiba. Don't know any of these. I wouldn't really have had anything to do with these people. They were all in the studio. Michael Matheson. I think his nickname was Sticky. Leonora Martin, Leo, you, you'll know Leo, of course, James, uh, lovely Leo, um, was very good friends with her. Kath Pick, Kath Pick, Kath Pick was, I said there was an attractive woman who that writer was going out with, that was Kath Pick. She messaged me the other day, and I don't, on Facebook saying, can you get in touch? And I didn't, um, because I'm always scared that people want me to do something that I don't want to do. <laughs> production team, Lizzie Flat, Helen Weeks, who I mentioned earlier on, she was lovely. Daisy Donovan, production team, Ben Smith. Valerie Hetherington. Okay, remember that name. Ah, uh, I think the production team. Writers, Ben Cordell. Yeah, that was Ben Cordell. Paul Garner, my mate Paul Garner. John Gordillo, who um, was a really lovely stand-up comedian. Sean Pye. Charlie Skelton. Neil Webster. Who was the other one? Ben Cordell. Anthony Hines, Peter Holmes. It's Peter Holmes, the other guy. Peter Holmes. Damon Beasley, James Bobin, Paul Gilhaney, Robert, Simon, I don't remember. Simon Powell was, I think, okay. James Bobin goes on and directs movies, and you do just think, and I know this is not how the business works, but you do think, come on. Come on, just give, just give me a part. Just give me a tiny part in a movie. Just give me a tiny part in a movie. So Ian Morris wasn't on it at this point. <laughs> Alexandra McLeod, Sally Debonair. I don't really. I remember the names. But... Peter Fincham, Steve Smith, very nice guy. Didn't really have anything to do with the director. VT producer Andrew Newman, producer Nick Martin. Oh gosh, Nick was um, was a big fella, beard, and I did a couple of political things with him, like proper political VTs. Bobin directed, I know Bobin directed the last two Muppet films. He directed the Inbetweeners pilot. He did the Dora the Explorer um, movie. He did um, the uh, Flight of the Concords. And I was really good. I was really good friends with James, right? Friends. We went to Hong Kong and China together on a holiday. And it was a little bit debauched, to say the least. Um, but we were friends. He directed Thumb Candy, the video game documentary I did. And we were friends. And it does. And this is the thing I struggle with, James, is taking it. I take it personally. I'm, I, I, I'm jealous. Uh, my bitterness is gone, pretty much. Pretty much. But you do, I just, I remember trying to get in touch with James a few years ago and just, it didn't. It didn't. And he, he's obviously got no interest in talking to me. And that hurt. Because we were mates. And um, 
you just kind of think, maybe we are my, quite possibly my fault. Someone asked, was I difficult to work with? Yeah, I became difficult to work with. I became difficult, I became arrogant, I became ego-driven, I became cocaine-fueled. So yeah, I became difficult to work with. So it's possibly my fault. Lucy Robinson, I like Lucy a lot. Really funny lady, and I, I think I let her down on a job. Harry Thompson, who we mentioned. Talk about production for Channel 4. Nope, don't want to see that again. That's it. That's it. That's it. That's your lot. That's that. Look at the sweat patches. It's always, it's, here's the thing. I haven't really sweat. I always used to sweat under my right arm. And I haven't done it for years. And we're watching this and I'm sweating under my right arm. Doesn't that say something? Doesn't that say something? Um, I actually enjoyed that. I'm not doing any more of those tonight. I think one one at a time is a thing. We'll, we'll go through all of them. We'll go through all of them. But we're in, we're in no rush. We're in no rush. I enjoyed that a lot. Thank you. That's, what does that ping mean? Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.